Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey, one of the MCSEs here at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Happy Valentine's Day on this lovely Saturday morning. And uh, hopefully you're, you, know, you and your loved one there haven't gotten sick of each other because you've all been home. We can't do anything else together. So <laughs> hopefully this is a good Valentine's Day. Hopefully it's improved your relationship. Uh, but uh, again, it's it is what it is. This this is a, a really weird Valentine's Day for everybody. You know, trying to go out to eat is going to be tough. <laughs> well, you know, I, they they allow them at I think it's fifty percent capacity. There you, know? you go. So it might be more intimate because you have less people, less noise, maybe better food. I always hated going out to dinner on Valentine's Day. Oh, I don't like to go when it's busy. Well, that's, what I'm, that's yeah. my point. So only fifty yeah. percent. My favorite restaurant doesn't take reservations, so. You know, I don't like to wait three hours to get in either. <laughs> wow, that's a good place. <laughs> so we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, con- uh, comments, questions, and concerns. Speaking of concerns, you probably heard this, and we've talked about water issues before because of my experience on the water department in, I, in my hometown. You guys probably heard this, which is kind of rare that you heard this uh, at all. Uh, someone tried to poison a Florida City uh, water system by hijacking its water treatment plant via TeamViewer, uh, the sheriff says. Now, again, very rare to see a public entity like this admitting this occurred, but we're happy they did. Um, basically, this is a water system down in Florida where it serves roughly 15,000 people. And believe it or not, there are a lot of small water systems out there. And they use a product, they use a system called a SCADA system, which deals with how uh, the folks who manage your water um, can see whether or not they're having issues with the system, you know, chlorination and all the uh, chemicals that are added to your water uh, to make sure that the dihydrogen monoxide is at the right level. Uh, just kidding, that's H2O. Um, but in this case, the, uh, the folks who hacked into the water system hacked in on a Windows 7 computer, Bob, using TeamViewer, where all the people that logged into this remotely used the same password. Well, I would argue that they weren't hacked. No, <laughs> I agree. Uh, this looks to me more like just an inside job of some disgruntled treatment user uh, trying to mess around with uh, the system, I think. Um, but who knows? 
the thing that you also should be aware of, and again, I can't speak to every water system out there, but in this case, they tried to crank up the levels of sodium hydroxide more than 100 times the amount, which is, believe it or not, lie, I guess. Um, lie is a pretty nasty thing you would not want to come across. But just because the software says you can crank it up to 100% doesn't mean the valves or the delivery system can deliver 100%. So just understand, and I would I would contend most people working on water systems would block the ability for a system to apply a poison at a level that would kill everybody, right? You would think you'd put a little screw or some sort of you know metal knock that says the maximum you could ever turn this valve is two percent or whatever percent they're supposed to be putting in there, no matter what the SCADA software says. Um, I would contend that's how it's configured. Now, if it's not configured that way, what are you doing? You know, but I, I would think. Well, they could it, make it so that the capacity wouldn't go to uh, talk. That's to my levels. point. Yeah, <laughs> that's my point. They should be able to do this. So whether there should be no way, considering these are people out there trying to mess with systems. I mean, there's no way you're going to have enough uh, sodium hydroxide sitting in a in a vat ready to be dumped into the water system when you turn it to 100%. Understand that, folks. So this whole idea that they were hacked, yes, it's an issue. There's a bigger problem of access to water supply itself. You know, Rather than going through the water treatment system, which is designed not to harm us, the worry really is people who don't put fences around the actual wells that are in the ground serving the, the water supply, because those are the more the more... Um, at-risk sites to deal with, you know, and if you're going to do something bad, you're not going to go and use a software. Well, I would argue, why is the computer that runs the controls even connected to the Internet? Well, because they have to, quote-unquote, manage the system remotely. I agree with you. But, you, you know, it's with not... With Windows 7? Windows 7, TeamViewer, same <laughs> passwords. Come on, guys. It's the year 2021. I can't believe you're doing that. And this article that I'll post here is from my favorite uh, tech blog out there in Europe, the Register, England. Um, you know, they, they talk about under, you know, having underfunded. Uh, There's nothing underfunded about using the same password. Yes, Windows 7 is a bad idea. But if everybody has the same password to connect in, how do you know who's connecting in? You know? Only one person has to be compromised uh, before someone has access to it. You don't know who is logging in. Yeah, password is water. <laughs> right. <laughs> the password is dihydrogen monoxide. Um, so this is just one of those things where, yes, it's sensational. It's out there. The fact that we even know about it is unique because uh, th these types of things generally don't get out to the public, which was I, I definitely give them credit for bringing this up. Um, and, and telling everybody about it. But it, I would contend most water systems on the treatment side really can't turn up anything beyond what they're supposed to be turned up. I would think there's physical blocks that would prevent anybody from being able to say, I want 100 times of this chemical put into the system. I would contend that that, that can't happen physically. So probably not too much to worry about here on the water side of things. What do you get? Go ahead, Bob. Oh, okay. Well, what did you want to say? Well, you know, I was thinking a security log for one thing, the passwords for another. Yeah. An updated operating system. I mean, come on. Windows 7 is lucky that machine is still working. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it here in Connecticut, we were running 40-year-old system, 40-year-old systems. Aren't we still? 
With in no some backup? cases, yeah, in some cases. <laughs> so it's not surprising that government doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And and being underfunded, yes, we can't have nice things um, when it comes to anything in government because we're paying so much for folks that are... <clears throat> yeah, but we've got to buy extra computers and extra paper and extra toilet paper so that we use up all our funds so we won't get cut next year. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a big problem. But the point is, this is probably not something you have to be too too afraid of as far as a thing that hackers will do to us my opinion. What do you got, Bob? Okay. Uh, this has been in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has seen that article. Yeah. Facebook versus Apple. Here's what you need to know about their privacy feud. Apple and Facebook are feuding. Oh Can boy. you believe it? Oh, no. A coming update to Apple's iOS will let you know if an app wants to track you. We've talked about this Yeah, before. we have. Yep. Facebook isn't a fan. Can you believe that? No, I'm not surprised. A privacy change coming to the software that powers Apple's popular iPhone has prompted a war of words in Silicon Valley. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) The iPhone maker will, in the coming months, roll out an update to its iOS 14 operating system that prompts you to give apps permission to track their activity across other apps and the web. Even when you're not on it. That's correct. So Facebook has a tracking system whereby you're even off Facebook, yet you're doing other things in Google or doing other things with other technologies. You're reporting back to Facebook and they're tracking you. Right, but then they're giving that information to other partner companies. Right. So, for instance, if I had a restaurant and Facebook, you know, somebody's walking by my restaurant. Yeah, you'd know. Facebook's going to give them a little prompt to say, hey. You're walking by Bob's restaurant. Why don't you stop? No, Bob's in? walking by the restaurant. Let's grab him and throw, <laughs> bring him in. <laughs> He's hungry. Yeah, it's creepy. And, uh, you know, most of the time it's in the EULA, but it's buried in so deep people don't see it. And right. most people don't read it anyway. I know. <laughs> you know, who wants to read 50 pages of uh, print so small that, you, you know, even a microscope wouldn't be able to yeah, see it? Yeah, the EULA pretty much, you, you sign over your firstborn when you, yeah, when you get on. Yeah, okay. So, anyway. Um, that change may seem small, but lots of apps already track your web activity through default settings. We accept when we install them. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So Facebook, however, has been fuming about the change, which threatens the source of its $86 billion in annual revenue targeted ads. The social network has waged a month, months-long campaign against Apple, running full-page ads in national newspapers and testing pop-ups inside the Facebook app to encourage users to accept its tracking. Right. It also alleges that Apple's changes are designed to help the iPhone maker's own business rather than protect consumer privacy. Oh. Apple hmm. may say that they're doing this to help people, but the moves clearly track their competitive interests. <laughs> Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg said in January during the company's fourth quarter earnings call. Mm. Uh, Apple CEO Jim Tim Cook said the change is rooted in the company's belief that users should have the choice over the data that is being collected about them and how it's being used. I agree. The dispute underscores a fundamental difference between the tech giants, how they make money. Apple sells smartphones and laptops and takes a cut of, uh, a cut of fees charged to app developers. Mm-hmm. Facebook, a big chunk. A big chunk. Yeah, 30%. Like 30% big. Yeah, there. they're going to cut woo. it to 15. Oh, very nice. Anyway, uh, Facebook <laughs> sells ads that it can target precisely based on the trove of data it collects on its 2.8 billion monthly users. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Those business models inform their approach to privacy. 
Well, I kind of agree with Apple. So and there's I a hope, whole lot more yeah, in this article. I'm going to stop. We'll put it up there for you. Yeah. And we'll tell you how you can get out of it. We posted it last week, too, how to get out of being tracked. There's actually special numbers that Google has on you that you can opt out of um, on your Google devices. You can clear that number so they can't track you anymore. You can turn it off. But you have to do it actively. You Passively, they're tracking everything you do. Um, and you know, I would say that you should be able to go to an app or a, a website right. and look at who's being, who's getting your shared data. Right. So then you can kind of make an informed decision. Maybe I want to do this, and maybe I don't. Right. And good luck to you either way. <laughs> We're going to put the link, the uh, links up there for you guys to take a look at. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Um, 1-800-966-WTIC if you want to call us anywhere in the country. Um, 522-WTIC. And we'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Uh, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. The lines are all jammed up on this Valentine's Day. So as you're you know, cuddling up with your, your sweetheart with your computer on Valentine's Day, because you've had nothing else to do for the past year. <laughs> it was interesting, though. You think about it. You know, this, your relationships for an entire year have been completely changed. You know, I've been married a long time, happily. And uh, but you know you're when you're always together all the time, you know, you can't go out with your friends and do poker. You can't go out and do this. You can't go out and do that. You can't. It changes things. You know, it makes things, in this case it's for the better for for me and my wife. Um, all sorts of benefits to this, but for others, it might might be tougher. So this Valentine's Day is a really unique one, I think. <laughs> You know, people talking about all the divorces that are going to occur thanks to COVID. I don't think that's true. I think a lot of people maybe have strengthened their relationships thanks right. to COVID. Maybe they get a better appreciation for what they do. And I think a lot of people have gotten to know their kids better. Their kids? The kids get to know what they do at work. You know, my kids always just told me I drove around all day. Um, it, once they actually see you working at home, oh, that's what you do. You get a whole different appreciation. I think it's been a, a very beneficial thing for folks in relationships, I would hope. Let's get to your calls. I mean, I'm not a relationship therapist at all on Valentine's Day. I'm a geek. Let's go to Diane in South Glastonbury first. What's going on, Diane? Yes, good morning, guys. Morning. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, great. Thank you. I, I had done interesting phone calls yesterday. This is about computer service costs. Computer service costs. costs. Okay. I get my Cox bill, and it's got this little notation on it. Next month's bill might have some changes. I go through this every February. Mm -hmm. So I call them, and I get this nice lady, Gloria, and she said, oh, yeah, but it'll only go up about 5 or $10. And I said, look, I've been a customer of Cox for 31 years. Mm. Can't you do something for me? So right. she says, I'll put you over to uh, a loyalty department. So I get this guy in Nevada, Jonathan, yeah. very enthusiastic of customer service rep, and he says, uh, oh, he says, big news coming in June. He said, I'll hold the price you're paying now, because I've got basic cable and and, and basic um, a computer and my phone. Yeah. He said, but in June, uh, Cox is going to offer one price for life. Hmm. And I said, really? Now, I'm listening to you guys every right. Saturday. 
I hear that how things are changing in the um, in the delivery system companies that bring us uh, our cable and and our computer service. So I said, boy, I bet the guys would be interested in hearing this. I yeah. said, what's the price going to be? He said, well, I don't know. He said, and I thought, boy, that's interesting. He said, budget for life, and I'm figuring I'm seventy five. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good sense of humor, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, th- that's a- oh, and they're going to offer um, uh, cell phones. Mm, well, yeah. And he said you might see the advertisements on television in your area. I don't know. He said, but um, he said call about May. Mm-hmm. He said get in on this deal. It's going to be a real good deal. <laughs> well, I mean, so we've talked about it even last week. I mean, Cox is hitting us with overage hits, overage charges on our service. Um, uh, William Tong here in Connecticut is going after Comcast, who was was planning on hitting Comcast customers in March with overages, but Cox has been hitting us since August. So I'm not sure why he doesn't seem to understand there's multiple Internet companies in Connecticut. Um Anything lifetime, you know, Go NetSpeed is a lifetime offering of service provider. Uh, so, you know, you could get their service for one price, lifetime, no overages. Maybe Cox is seeing the writing on the wall, and they're going to have to do maybe offer a more competitive uh, Internet service because finally competition is coming to Connecticut um, despite the roadblocks that our governor doesn't seem to be aware of. Um, so... You know, we'll see. I mean, I would tell you to take a look at the math. If you're in an area with go net speed that comes in, maybe you get an alternative. What do you have, Bob? I would argue that if they're going to have a fixed price, they're yeah. gonna, they could have a very low fixed price. But when they charge by the gig. I know. <laughs> when they charge by yeah, the gig, well. I'd, I'd go for charging by the gig, right? Because, Diane, you're probably not a heavy Internet user. No. You know, just like no. you think about Actually, it. For you- I'm not. It's my son that has a computer. Yeah, but your water bill or what have you is all charged by the gallon. Wouldn't it be nice if they charged by the gig? That really is the right way to do it as far as I'm concerned. Um, most of us, because only 5 or 10%, according to the Internet companies, are going to get hit with overage charges. Most of us would have a huge reduction in our Internet costs if they charged by the gig. Some of us would have an increase because we use the data, and a lot of us wouldn't because we don't use the data. You know, They got the connection. So we'll see what happens, and I appreciate you calling, Diane. Well, how do you think they're going to structure the um, the uh, lifetime? Do you think they're going to do it uh, case by case, or um, or they're going to do it according to what plan you have? Like I have a bronze plan. Yeah, bronze, bronze. You know. It all depends on how long you've had it and how long they've cranked up. Everyone seems to have a different price. If you talk to anybody, if you put out a post on Facebook, what are you paying for your cable? You'll get a different number from everybody. <laughs> bronze, silver, it doesn't matter. Everyone's got a different price based on how long they've been a customer and how they've been able to crank you up as far as costs go, no matter what Internet provider you have. I would say they're going to try to come with something competitive if it's true, Um, maybe competitive because they're finally seeing competition uh, of alternative broadband carriers because finally some of the roadblocks to putting up another piece of wire on our poles is becoming less of a difficulty. Uh, We'll see. We'll have to see, Diane. Let's, Let's hope. I thought you'd be interested in that little bit. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Bye. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, we need a competition, don't we? Oh, you know, you bet. You know, again, the governor has uh, announced some level of initiative to increase broadband in the state, and he wants to know, you know, what he can do to to reduce the roadblocks. Hmm. Um, I mean, come on. Fire Pura. <laughs> Fire Pura is a good place to start. I mean, come on. We, you really don't know? You really don't know? 
you know, it really it, this this shouldn't be a hard thing. It shouldn't be the year twenty twenty one, and we're like, geez, it would be nice to have another line on the pole. You know, why don't we incentivize, you know, putting additional lines on the pole? Why don't you? Because you're in you're in with the incumbents. You know, it, we all know it. Frontier Cox Com- Comcast, they're the incumbents, and they've been com- they've been contributing to all sorts of people for a very long time. Um, so I would contend that's the reason we're not getting better internet in Connecticut. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We have one line open for you. Everything we've talked about has been posted live by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. If you follow us on Facebook and you follow us over at WTIC's Facebook page, Bob and I are live. Over there, broadcasting live, you can see our mugs. Uh, feel free to say hi in the comments section. I'd like to know where you're where you're listening from, and if you have any questions, we'll do our best to even bring them up on the air for you. We'll be right back. is Computer Talk with Tab. We have one line open for you. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. On this Valentine's Day, we are not uh, able to help you with your relationships, um, so don't call about that. <laughs> Unless it's with your computer. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so let's get to your calls. We're going to go to Bob in Hebron first. Hey, Bob, what's up? Hi, guys. Um uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have uh, a question about laptops. Uh, back in the good old days, my laptops, uh, they always had when the uh, battery would start to fade on me, it was a pretty simple thing to just pop open a compartment, take the battery out, and put a new one in. Yeah. Uh, now I've found that my computers, uh, my laptops, uh, don't have any kind of compartment like that. And the closest I can uh, come to figuring out how to do it is you actually unscrew the whole back of the laptop, which mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've never done that on a laptop, and I just want some words of reassurance that it, it won't uh, just uh, all come flying apart if I do that. Well, it won't come flying apart. There's no springs in there. Um, that's what i probably the main thing i wanted to hear yeah there's no springs in there however i would tell you to see if the if the battery is replaceable at all some of them are not some of them are soldered in now yeah um no yeah so make sure you go find the pdf um on your particular laptop and see if the battery is replaceable because you could cause more trouble make sure you back it up before you do anything almost every uh model has some sort of a YouTube video on how to replace a particular component. Good point. Almost every model. Never the one you want, but almost every model. <laughs> no, I don't agree with that. Okay. Usually you can find something. Uh-huh. Not so my luck. It takes time to, to watch the video. but watch And watch the whole video. Yeah. Because there might be one of those steps that says, oh, before you do all that, do this first. <laughs> and, you know, the one thing every, every um, video is missing is yeah. what do you do with the extra screws when you're done? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Um, I can probably find a place on my car to put them. 
There you go. So yeah, be careful. Um, make sure you back up your system before you start ripping it apart. Uh, make sure it yeah, can have the battery replaced. Uh, yes, it's sad, but these folks that are so environmentally conscious, you know, these big tech companies who want to talk about being environmentally conscious make systems that you have to chuck um, and throw away. I mean, I was reading an article recently about uh, Apple devices and just the amount of of e-waste they're producing is I'll find the article and post it for you guys. It's massive and it's not just Apple's issue, it's all all devices, but to make the components irreplaceable or non-replaceable is part of their problem. Are uh are Tesla batteries welded in? Believe it or not, I I've done some research on Tesla batteries. Basically, think of a Tesla battery, it's not one big battery, it's a bunch of little tiny batteries. Um hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of them, I'm not sure what the number is, inside a big box of some kind. Um, I think Tesla has a problem, too, with battery recycling. Heck, windmills have a problem with the, the windmill arms being recycled. They're being dumped in a landfill out in, I don't know, Wyoming or something like that because they, they're made of such a resin you can't even chop it up or have it degrade. Uh, so there, there's all sorts of issues. Everyone thinks there's going to be that magic bullet to solve our environmental problems, but yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's all just kicking it down the road. Banging it around, yeah. Um, where, where supposedly the batteries, uh, uh, the ones that uh, they finally decided to weld in, were they just um, a next generation of uh, longer life batteries, or they just didn't care about whether they were or not? Well, Apple was the biggest uh, offender of this early on, and I would contend it's all about about obsolescence. I mean, they were caught with when their batteries were starting to fail, they would slow the, the device down. They were really interested in you in you doing a swap of your phone. And actually, people are less and less likely these days to swap their phones out as often as they used to be. Um, so I contend it was just a, a part of their approach to say, well, sorry, man, your battery's not working uh, well anymore. Go get a new device. And people were like, okay. Um, I think that was part of it. There's no, there's no advantage to to soldering in a battery. You can screw it in and hold it in place with all sorts of little straps. It's not going to fall apart. Um, so there's no, there's no engineering approach that I could see that would make it better to solder it in versus allow it to be replaceable. I think it's purely to make you upgrade your system. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Appreciate the help. Uh, yeah. Good. Good luck, Bob. Ha- have a happy uh, St. Valentine's Day. Yeah. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. Yeah, you, you talking about the article I brought up? Uh, I don't know if this is the one. It's uh, Silicon Republic, uh, the widening e-waste issue and the in, uh, environmental impact of Apple's policy. Yeah, we'll take a look. I can try to find the actual one. That's one you can post. Um, that's right. from back from 2019, it looks like. But, yeah, they've got a big issue. I mean, lots of e-waste out there. And uh, even with Tab, uh, we, we work with our clients to make sure that whenever they change out their systems, we offer the ability to pick up their old ones, responsibly recycle them um, as best as we can. You know, We make sure the data is removed and inaccessible. We have a whole process. Um, but e-cycling is very important, and so many folks just chuck it in the landfill. And uh, that's not a good idea. Let's go on to, well, you know what? Hmm. We'll, go to, we'll go to a quick break and then get back. So Frank and Ed, hang on. A couple lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. 
This is Computer Talk, and let's get right to your calls on this Saturday morning, Valentine's Day. Let's go to uh, Frank and Winstead. What's going on, Frank? Can you speak up? I'm here, Frank. Can you hear me, sir? Yeah, I got you now. Boy, everything was so low. Yeah, once you get picked up by the system over there in, in Farmington, now, things change. Good. Well, Eric and Bob, thank you very much for taking my call. Yeah. I have a HP Windows 10, and I have a Lexmark 700 series printer. Hmm. Now, I just was updated to 2004. Is 2004? Yeah. That's a long time ago. That's the 2004 update. Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. 2004 update. <laughs> now, all right, very good. Yeah. Now my printer, I go to print, and it says there's no communication. Uh-oh. So I went through and I reinstalled everything. I put, you know, plugged the cable in at the printer, put all the numbers and everything in, and it's still doing it. Now when I hit print, it, it like fades, and there's this circle red circle with a slat in it that comes up like I'm a baffled. not sign yeah like a like a it's a not no yeah, yeah. or whatever all right and, won't uh, let you i i checked uh the update on the uh software and that's up to date but i couldn't get into the firmware it said no connection so how are you connecting to this printer is it by network or USB, wireless? Wireless. But okay. I, when I installed it, I, I installed it with the wire. And then it comes to the point where you pull the wire and it continues. I guess it's picking up the Wi-Fi then. So when you say wire, was it a USB cable? Or yes. A, yeah, okay. okay. So why do you want to go wireless? If you, if you put it back wired, Frank, does it work? In the other room. Oh. And, and my router is in this, uh, this room here. I wonder... There's a big issue with a recent update from Windows 10 and wireless. Um, I don't know if that is the issue. Yeah, but you know, I, I tried printing with the cable in, Yeah. and it wouldn't print. Okay, so that's not so, it. Let me ask you a question. Um, in your wireless network, uh, how does uh, the devices get their IP address? Is it through DHCP? Yeah, but remember, he's, he did it locally. It uh, wouldn't work. Frontier. Well, no, I understand. So uh, you don't have a router, then I take it. It's just through the... I don't know what... It must be a built router combination, isn't it? It might be, yeah. But again, when you connected it locally, he connected the printer directly to it and will print, right? I just had it update. I I bought a smart TV, and it was starting to fade because I only had six megs. So I'm Mm. up to like 14 and a half megs now, which is... It's good. Mm, Good. 14 megs, that's, that's something. That's good. All right, let's get back to this printer issue, though. When you connect it physically to the to the computer with the USB cable, you can't print to it anymore since the update. No, it did work before. Before, but since yeah. the update, after the update, it stopped after working. After the update, yeah, yeah I, it update it updated uh, um, the twenty eighth of January. Yep, and I didn't use the printer until the other day. Yeah. I really so, didn't. I didn't think of it. I should have tried it, but I didn't think that it would. It's okay. You wouldn't think Microsoft would break a printer on an update, well, right? I What's question that? whether it's it's Microsoft. You do? No. And here's what I think. Yeah. All right. So it's been a while since you used this printer, mm-hmm. and it's on wireless, so it has to have an IP address. Okay. That's so if my you, question. So if you go to your printer, 
and you go into the settings and there are reports, you can print a configuration report and find out what the IP address of I your printer is. I got them right is. here. Okay. But so my one, question is, now, when they say gateway, yeah. that's the router? Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. So then you should be able to open a command prompt and ping that printer. That's my point. Oh, so, I see. So if the IP address on the printer is what it says in the report that you printed, then if you ping that IP address, it'll come back and, you know, you'll show that you have communication. Then I would argue that, you know, go into the printer settings and make sure that the IP address that's on the port is the same IP that's actually on the printer. Okay. That's an issue with uh, DHCP. Right, but when he connects it locally, Bob, to a cable and it doesn't print. Well, no, this, I think this is a model that you only use the USB to set up to do the initial setup, and then you're supposed to disconnect right. it. You oh, you it. think it's wireless only? Correct. Oh, that's awful. That's a bad idea. <laughs> so that's where you're going. So do you think that's the case then, Frank? You've never loaded it, ran it locally before? You've never printed no, locally? through the computer. Ah, all right. Why all right. would they make so a how printer how do I like do that? that? Well, they're not alone. They're not the only ones that do that. Really? Yeah. Uh, see, I'm not in the field as much as Bob is. All right, so basically then if, you're, if you have to work with wireless, Frank, then that's what Bob's uh, telling you to do. Ping that IP address. See if you're getting a response. If you're not, to his point, the printer's got a different address. So then you've got to print out a new configuration now, I report. Put, I put my, the IP address that, that was in there is the IP address that I got for the router. Well, the router is a, the gateway. Did no, you print the configuration a, sheet? Al alias or something like that? No, you don't want to do any of that. Did, you just want to go in and, and... From the printer, print the configuration sheet. Right. Right. I, I have it in front of me. What's the IP address then of the printer? Not the gateway, well, the I, printer itself. Okay. One. The, the, the um, Let's see here now. Wait a minute. Okay. Um, 192.168.1.64. All right. So go to a command prompt on your computer. Uh, and put that in? Type in ping, P-I-N-G, space. Ping? Yep, space, 192.168.1.64, you said, right? Put that in after ping? Yes, yes, sir, after a space, yep. Okay. And you should get a reply. If you get a reply, the printer's replying and saying, hey, I'm here, print to me. Gotcha. If you're not getting a reply, the IP address of that printer changed or something else is going on as far as where your computer thinks the printer is. The printer gotcha. says, I'm here. Your, your computer needs to now go to the configuration of the printer, to Bob's point, and look at the port on the configuration of the printer and see if it's printing to .64. Okay. If it's printing to .53, you're not going to get a print job. Gotcha. And I can't believe, I mean, I believe Bob, but I really have a hard time believing a company would design wireless-only printers. But no. I believe them. I'm not saying yeah. I don't believe them. I just think it's nutty. HP I does it. Canon does it. With it. The, the cable. We'll try. You try. Know? But i got to get this IP then. The other question is that net mask. What's that? That's a 255.255.255. That's what it's coming up That's at. That's the subnet mask that defines how many devices can communicate on your subnet. On your network itself. Well, I only have one right now. Right, so in your, in your environment, you can have 256 devices oh, based on I that see. subnet okay. mask. Okay. But you would configure a different subnet mask, let's say if you're a university, where you needed many thousands of devices right. to manage those IP schemes. Now, gateway. 
the next one down is 192, 168.1.254. What the, what is that? That's your internet provider's router. That's your SNE, oh, SBC okay. router. Yes, it is. You're right. Yep. All the internet traffic has to flow through that IP yeah. address. Now, when he gave me that router, that new router, mm. I had my own IP address, and I really didn't. I had the TV, my phone, on that, and I didn't go. I wanted. I didn't want to go through, so he used mine. So the one on the router that that wouldn't be any good, then, would it? He used your router. You have your own router. No, no, no. This is their router. He used the same configuration. But I use my IP. They let me use my IP. Okay. That's fine. That'll be all right. Yeah. The key key is, can you ping it, and does it respond? Okay. I'll do that. That sounds... sounds We've got you on a a track here, Frank. Um, We'll see what happens. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You've got a wonderful show. All right. Thanks very much for listening, Frank. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Enjoy the snow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so much fun here to enjoy the snow in Connecticut. So how much fun it is to shovel. Yeah. We used to enjoy the snow. On the snowy, when, cloudy day. When the kids were little, man, we would get up. We'd be driving to get there for Killington for 8 o'clock when that place opened. And we'd be there till 3, and oh, my gosh, what a great great time when the kids were little, but... Now it is. I don't want to break a collarbone, so I've decided to give up skiing. Uh, let's go on to <laughs> let's go on to Ed in Enfield. Hey, Ed. You there, Ed? Good morning. Morning, sir. Morning, gents. I've got an uh, HP Pavilion laptop running Windows 10. Yeah. Two to three years old, and um, about a month ago, I noticed that. Uh, well, I got the sleep setting at 25 minutes. Yeah. It's never going to sleep, and the fan is running a lot. Uh-oh. So about two weeks into that, I power it down, turn it over, and I'm expecting to see a lot of dust in the fan area, mm-hmm. and it's clean as a whistle. So I put it back. Well, your wife does a good job. Down. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm sorry? As I said, your wife does a good job cleaning the house, but then I thought I'm going to get in big trouble. <laughs> Go so, ahead. Uh, I power it back up, and everything seems to be fine. Um, but maybe it's coming back, and I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I don't notice it. Um, but last night, I, um, I come back to use it, and I've got a screen I've never seen before, and it's got five lines of code that I think hmm. might tell me I've got a problem, but I'm not sure. The first line says, boot device not found. Well, that is a problem. The Go second ahead. thing says, please install an operating system on your hard disk. Even bigger problem. The third one says, hard disk, and in uh, brackets says, 3FO. And the fourth line says, F2 System Diagnostics. And the fifth line says, for more information, please visit www.hp.com. Go technical. But it's locked up. I can't do anything. So the only thing I know how to fix is I I push down the power button for like 60 Mm -hmm. seconds Mm -hmm. and take the power off and uh, let it sit there. And then I restart it, and everything comes back up, and it seems to be working fine. Okay, so here's what it could be. I'll start with what I think, and then Bob can tell you what he thinks. So it could be your your, your hard drive's failing. Um, it could also be that you've turned power settings on to turn off your hard drive, um, and the system is saying, hey, your hard drive is not powered on. So you may want to go to your power settings and make sure your hard drive is not part of the settings that say turn off your hard drive. It shouldn't be, but I think it's a failing hard drive, unless Bob has another alternative. What does he think? Well, I think it's a failing hard drive, first mm-hmm. of all, but it may not be, and it may be just exactly what Eric said. And 
having your hard drive shut off is kind of a default setting, which I really think is foolish, but that's just my opinion. Right. And I have, uh, and you did say it was an HP, correct? Yeah. HP Pavilion, right. Laptop. So I have a link here I can give you to a knowledge base par article. It says HP PCs 3F0 boot device not found display on a black screen. Exactly your problem. Kind of shows that, and it tells you how to test the hard drive using the HP built-in firmware diagnostics. Nice. So what I would do is run a diagnostic on the hard drive, and because of smart technology, uh, it could tell you if it's beginning to fail. If it's beginning to fail and you're able to power it up, now would be a good time to, uh, you know, Back it up. Image that over to, and you know, a ghost that drive, if you will. Even before you run the diagnostics. The, when you start exercising that hard drive with diagnostics where it checks all the sectors and checks all the areas of that drive, it could finish it. Well, a smart test will tell you without running uh, very long. It takes That's just good. a couple of minutes. That's good. Those are short tests and a long test. Still just back it up. Short test. Back it up. So when I first bought this um, PC, um, the guys told me uh, I should back it up. So I bought an external hard drive, which I've got plugged into it, which I yeah. think is getting backed up to that all the time. You think it is, is better to know that it is. You've seen that commercial. It's almost like that commercial where, you know, this might be a poisonous mushroom. I think it's okay to eat. Um, no, that's not a good idea, Ed. You need to know that it's working. So take that external hard drive and connect it to another computer that you might have. I hope you might have one. I don't. You don't? I do not know. Okay, well, you need to know your backup is working before you do anything crazy. So that you're going to need to consider a way to make sure it's backing up otherwise you could all this could be for naught and you're going to lose everything you know i hate to scare you but that hard drive is starting to fail <laughs> okay so, so it sounds like maybe it's time to go out and get a new pc and uh, well yeah always good help the nasdaq get a new computer as i always say <laughs> <laughs> all right ed thank you very much you're welcome sir good luck we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. I want to thank all you guys, too. Our little show is number one. Number one in Connecticut. We crushed all the other stations. It's all thanks to you guys. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 